0: Hello there. Welcome to Comic Books Transformed. I am one of your hosts, Anchor Pete, and I'm with my good friend, Brian. Brian, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, Pete. Yeah. Uh, For Comic Books Transformed, if you are new to the channel, we basically talk about all the various different adaptations of the comic books that we love, whether being adapted into films, uh, TV shows, even video games, and more. So for tonight, we're talking about the thing that everyone else is talking about, The Suicide Squad. Um, We're going to talk about how we felt about the movie. We're going to talk about who we expected to die and did that match up. We're also going to rank the DCEU movies uh, that have been coming out since Man of Steel. So, Brian, right off the bat and everyone should know, you can spoil the shit out of this, how... uh, Maybe I should ask the question the right way. Um... (coughs) (laughs) It's like, oh man, I didn't fucking stick the landing the there. So, um, so funny,
1: I have to interject this funny story. So back in college, right. I interviewed a band called Soilwork, um, okay. a metal band from Sweden, and I had I was just so nervous. Yeah, and there were some some issues with with um, with getting them there and recording because it was on a Sunday and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, we literally picked the band up from the venue and brought them back to the radio station to record. Anyway, I start the interview off with with a, 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 with what I thought was a question. And I realized it was just a statement. <laughs> you're like, "Yeah."
0: I'm like, oh. ah, that's the worst." Yeah. The worst is when you are live and you're talking to a stranger. Yep. Like, luckily, I've known you for like twenty-something years, so it's all good. But oh man, live with a stranger—it is so awkward. Yeah. And um, just just as a little side note, too, since we're, we're you know pulling back the curtain here, today has just been like a crazy day in my personal life. Like, I've just been, like, so scatterbrained. My wife is out of town, and, like, I got to give her credit for the way that she handles our household and our kids. Because, like, before she comes home, I'm going to have to do one of those, like, adventures in babysitting or don't tell mom the babysitter's dead kind of, like, restore the house montages, you know?
1: (laughs) I uh, I am much at the same boat, my friend. I I cannot I only have one kid, but I have a dog and I, I can't handle them both at the same time sometimes.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well dude, your your dog is, is pretty tough, man, to deal with. You know, from when I met him, he, he should be on this suicide squad.
1: Yes. I, I think he would he might fare pretty well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um these people are like we don't give a shit. Let's just talk about the freaking movie. So let's do that. Yeah, one. All
1: zero of the people. Oh, yeah, all
0: zero people watching and our new subscriber. Um, Brian, I was going to ask you, how did you feel about this movie? How do you feel about this movie in general? Okay, so I was super
1: hyped about this movie. Um, I've been reading a lot. Uh, I was just excited about it. I thought maybe DC would finally have, like, a really good standout film. And I think it's a really good movie. But I don't think any movie could have withstood the hype that I had for it internally. So for me – uh, I think maybe the first 20 or 30 minutes, I was like really giddy and really excited and really happy, but I think it kind of plateaued for me. And, uh, and I mean, ultimately it, it's, it's a much more complete film, but it's still kind of similar to the first one mm. in a lot of ways. It, it's um, I mean, really it's just different, a different setting and characters and it's, and you know, not horribly weird cuts and, uh, you know, <laughs> and
0: uh and whatever whatever you call that <laughs> <laughs> that is okay that's an interesting point i almost want to unpack that because you are right there are many similarities between this and the uh david ayer suicide squad movie which uh i don't even think that what was released would even count as his movie it was like so edited and, and yeah like, I, I feel different. like
1: we should address that like i, I mean david ayer recently just dis- Wrote this letter uh, on Twitter or on the social media. I read it on Twitter right. uh, about how like he's kind of tired being shit on for the movie because he really feels that the studio butchered it, and you can tell like like there just seems to be a whole pieces missing out of that movie. Oh, and yeah. I would I would absolutely be curious to see his version of it. I think yeah. it would, it would probably would be a lot better.
0: Yeah. For for anyone watching, if you guys are interested, I think you should check out that letter that Brian just mentioned because it's like it's like straight from the heart. So he talks about his personal life a lot yeah. and it just makes it sound like what he made was like his vision and was inspired by his life. And they just like hacked it to pieces. It's like a Frankenstein monster. Yeah. That, you know, the they series. hacked
1: it to pieces and added a bunch of like popular songs to it, which he said like were not in his cut at all. And, you know, it, it was basically uh, a, a trailer that performed really well that caused that kind of change. So, yeah, I mean, it really, it really. That I mean, it does a disservice to everybody in that movie. I mean, there are some. I mean, obviously, Margaret Robbie was great in that movie. She's, I mean, does a great job as Harley. I mean, even Will Smith was really good. But something, something is is wrong with that movie, you know, as is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Something's rotten in Midway City. So you know, <laughs> like with this movie, it's the it's the complete inverse because now this is someone's vision. It's James Gunn's vision. They they certainly there was never any kind of articles, there was never any kind of like tweets or anything like that talking about how like the studios really interfered with this version of it. And any kind of review you see, everyone's like, This is from the mind of James Gunn, and this movie's so James Gunn. And I think that for me personally, I love Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. And Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is my number one ranked Marvel movie. And I get a lot of shit for that. I, I don't necessarily think that means that, like, James Gunn is this, like, auteur that can, like, do no wrong. I, I think that Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 are flawed in certain ways. And Guardians 2 actually is very flawed in certain ways. Um, and I think that this movie is flawed in certain ways. I like yeah. this movie a lot. When we go into our rankings, it's number three for me in this whole series of ten movies. But I also have like serious problems with this movie. Like the bar is so low for DC movies that it's pretty bad that this is number three. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk about the plateau. Let's talk about the flaws. I want to know some of the problems that you have with this movie. Um. So
1: I, I'm going to say that right after the. Um the scene where they end up with the suicide, where Bloodsport's team ends up killing all the rebels, that that was like that was the point. After that, I'm like, okay, this is all fantastic, and I'm really enjoying it. But from there, it plateaued. Yeah, uh, I thought the um, the kind of little love story with Harley was a little odd, <laughs> but I, I understand how they, the, you know uh, why they needed to separate her uh you know from the the, the team temporarily um this, this is this may be controversial but i i thought king Shark was kind of like misused <laughs> I, I mean like he's he's like a violent group and it's just like i mean more violent i, I guess um and it, that i don't know if that's the right way to do it um uh what what
0: else is there uh Can't think of anything. How about what did you think about it? Okay, well, okay. So King Shark is misused. That's what you say, right? Yeah. To me, it's like, what are they ultimately trying to do with this movie? Because it seems like James Gunn gets let go from Marvel because of controversial tweets he wrote a long time ago, and yeah. DC's like, hey, we'll take you, we'll take you. And I think that maybe he felt like the Suicide Squad was handled poorly and he could bring in this he could sort of repair the damage and he would make it faithful to john astra oh wow john ostrander's run you know of suicide squad which is sort of like the seminal suicide squad run yeah um but it feels like a lot of individual story pieces that don't necessarily cohesively fit together at one point in the third act when everything kind of starts to get really chaotic I'm kind of impressed with how chaotic and crazy it gets when they're in the Jotunheim facility. Yeah, but the movie kind of feels disjointed. I think didn't like Danny say something like this in the little thread that you guys had, where he was saying like it, like didn't feel like it, it all matched up. Did he say that, or did you say that?
1: <clears throat> um, I don't know if that was him that said that, but I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it just doesn't mesh up. It just, um. <sighs> I don't know. Is, is there a lack of motivation? Um, I I thought there was a lack of motivation from from the uh, mission completion to the uh, the fight against Sorrow. I also think Sorrow was a weird choice to use here too. I mean, yeah. I, I think one of my biggest issues with the the original movie is that the villain is is the Enchantress and it's this magical villain, and you're essentially sending a bunch of guys with guns. <laughs> to fight a big magical thing and now you instead you're sending a bunch of guys with guns to fight a big giant telepathic starfish you know <laughs> yeah. um, and it just seems it just doesn't seem like the right kind of villain for the movie um i, I don't think it was disjointed uh, i mean um there was a it, it i mean the film had in addition to trying to honor the, you know, the 80s run uh, of Suicide Squad, I mean, it had a lot of like Western in it, I think, too, um, like Dirty Dozen, things like that. Um, I can see that influence on it. I, I'm not so disjointed as the right word, but okay, yes, yeah, it's something I, I don't want to say it was too long. I, I don't want to say there was anything in there that was unnecessary, but I, I guess it just it, it just didn't live up to the hype.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I felt that the whole time watching it, actually. I'm like, oh, this – like, with Guardians of the Galaxy 1, there's that scene when Peter Quill goes into the ruins in the very beginning and he starts playing um, – is it Hooked on a Feeling or – no. Yeah, Yeah, okay, so he's playing yeah. that and he's dancing, and I was just like, oh, I am so on board for this. Like, give me this. This is perfect. Yeah. And then in in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it did kind of feel like it dragged too, but then there's that one sequence. I just always think, this always makes it number one on my list, which is when um, they go to Ego's planet and Drax is there and they do that song, My Sweet Lord by uh, George Harrison. George Harrison, And I'm like, oh my God, this is better than anything I've seen in any uh, Marvel movie for me. Yeah. So there are moments that are kind of like approaching that level In this movie, but it just feels like—I mean, maybe it's because there's too many characters. Like with Guardians, at least you just kind of have Peter as the main guy, but yet you still feel for like Rocket and Groot. They're kind of like a unit together, and then Gamora's got her own thing, and Drax has their own thing. So it's essentially four threads, right? But yeah, but
1: did they really give that much to do with for for characters outside of um, Harley Bloodsport? And then like Rick Flag and Peacemaker, Pope that I'm in didn't have very much. Maybe Ratcatcher had some. Yeah. And then obviously you have you have Amanda Waller, uh, you know, on the on the outside. But I mean, King Shark was was a like a running gag, really. You know, he didn't. Really oh yeah. Need to do. Um. So it's just maybe maybe it just wasn't that interesting and exciting as I wanted it to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It. <clears throat> Because here's the thing, right? You you watch the trailers, and I think maybe I've watched like three or four of the trailers or or footage. Yeah. You get an idea. It's like, okay, they are going to kill off a whole bunch of people probably pretty quickly, and they do. And then Mm -hmm. um, you you sort of think, okay, well, then these guys will last long, and maybe there'll be a sort of a death or two where you really feel it. We're going to talk later about our lists of characters and like who we thought was going to die and who we thought was going to live. And yeah. I pretty much predicted every single person that was going to die uh, and who was going to live with one exception. And they, like, die before the credits. And that was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. But then in the yeah. post-credits, they're alive. And so yeah. I pretty much, like, predicted what was going to happen. And yeah, that's
1: our, our lists were very similar. I think you beat me by one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, why don't we kind of go into that because – I feel like that is kind of what we're both getting at. Yeah. The, the fact that like you have like 17 characters that were on this list that we dealt with and we were able to be like, oh yeah, this one's going to die. This one's going to live. It, it's basically because of the marketing and then the hype and you get so excited. Now I feel like with gardens of the galaxy, both volumes, I, I pretty much knew what was going to happen in both of them, but there still were sequences where I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. This is more fun than what I was expecting, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so let's, let's talk about our lists and how we essentially knew people were going to live and people are going to die. So who did you get wrong on your list? Um,
1: so I, I think one of the problems I had w- uh, with, with making the list is that when I was looking at the, um, the, the list of characters in the movie, I didn't realize that Ratcatcher and, um, Uh, And I didn't know Soul Sorry was even in the movie. I I thought Alice Braga was playing Ratcatcher.
0: Yeah, I
1: thought that was the same person. So I was really thrown off by that. (laughs) Um, But I, uh, I think where I got wrong, when I got wrong that you didn't get was the Thinker. Uh, Right. So I thought he was gonna kind of like join the mid movie, which uh, that was correct. But I didn't. I didn't think um, that he was gonna. He was gonna die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Like, once he showed up and you could see that he was, like, torturing Starro, I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely – Yeah, he's, he's yeah.
1: I knew I was wrong. Uh, yeah, very very early in when he came in, I knew I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, But, like, with the whole side team that they have this sort of montage before they go to the island, you know, once you see who's on that side team and then you see, oh, yeah, okay, Harley and Rick Flag are with them and then they're going to go to the island like, okay, well, I already know that Harley and Rick Flagg show up later, so they must, like, get captured. Yeah. And then I could even kind of predict it. I was like, when people pulled guns on Rick Flagg, I was like, oh, those are going to be, like, the insurgents against the regime that took over. See, I actually
1: did not think that. Uh, I didn't pick up on that. But that, that, good call, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't say these things to kind of, like, brag. It's just that, like, when you see so many movies over and over yeah. again, when you read so many comics, it's like – you know, you can kind of predict these things, and like, um, it's Absolutely. okay if they, they kind of go along with what you're expecting. But well, I just uh, want-
1: here's another thing about expe- expectations. Uh, you mentioned you watched like three or four different trailers for this. Do you think they showed like a way too much of this movie in the trailers? Yeah. Yes, I do. I think like, that why, like, why did they show any staro scenes at all? Yeah. And why? Yeah. What is yeah. the benefit there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and okay, I, I think this is kind of like what we're trying to get at right here, which is that I think the general pre- premise of this movie, the selling point of this movie was you have all these characters, who's going to live and who's going to die. It's like a, a war movie, but it's almost like a horror movie too, yes. even though there really aren't any kind of horror tropes. Oh, actually, there are some horror tropes of sorrow in this. But like yeah, it's definitely I, like I
1: think a it's pretty creepy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually well done. Like you were kind of saying, like, well, why did they use Starro? I, I also do think it's a weird choice, but I do think that if there was ever going to be a Starro in a live-action movie, they did it well. And oh, yeah,
1: this. no, no, they used him very well. And I think even James Gunn picked him because, like, he said, like, this is silly and weird, but it's fucking terrifying, and that's that's a perfect way of describing it.
0: Yes, that was one of the best scenes in the movie. And, and you know, maybe that could be the next thing that we talk about is like, what did we like about it? What was our thing that like re- really got us? When he breaks out of the tower and he just shoots out his mini sorrows and it gets real quiet and it just kind of they fall in people's face. That whole sequence was perfect. Yeah. That was great.
1: Especially knowing that essentially you die. Like, like you're not like you can't come back at it. in the comics, you can. Right uh, here, you cannot. So that made it even more terrifying. Like once that gets on you, that's it.
0: That's it. You're dead. Yeah. So, um, well, okay. Before we talk about what we liked, just was there anything about like the deaths that you didn't expect or you were disappointed with?
1: No, I mean, I, I think we both pretty obviously thought that that second team was going to be, or, or I guess first team. I kept calling them the second team before we watched the movie, but they were really the first team. Yeah, um, uh, we knew they were all going to die, and I, I was I wasn't sure if there was going to be the very first opening scene, or it was going to be like a rescue attempt later on. They were all just going to die, like uh, in a comical way. I think that might have even worked better, honestly. Yeah. Um but it, it's I mean, after that, not many characters die after that, right? right? Yeah. Characters, and I think maybe we would have benefited from uh, some more some more stakes, I guess. Yeah. um, To go along during the movie rather than just, you know, start throwing them all out the window in the beginning.
0: Very good point. Very good point. You know, um, I, I listened to this podcast where they interviewed James Gunn about this movie. And he said that, or the person that interviewed him had seen the movie and they were talking about how they wanted to give the characters dignity. And I know that that first team is kind of a joke and a few of them die in kind of a comical way. But yet, like, there kind of was some dignity with their deaths. Like, Captain Boomerang gets blown up. But when they have that little montage of all the corpses, like, he's holding up the boomerang, like you know, I like that. Um, you got a
1: couple of in, too, with the boomerangs, too, so.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, once, um, like, the boomerang, like, sliced open the guy's head and, it, like, his brain fell out. I was like, okay, we're, we're into something hardcore here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but... Like, for example, with uh, Javelin, right? That's like a guy that like you and I don't even know who that is in the DC yeah. comics, right? He's so obscure. And they got some kind of guy. I think he's like a YouTube star or something. Oh, no. He's, a,
1: he's like a German comedian. He's actually a fool He's pretty funny.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you know, it's like, okay, he's clearly going to get killed right away. But that sequence when Harley's looking at him and he's talking to her, he doesn't sound like an idiot. It, the joke is there because she smacks his face after he dies but yeah. it's like really well done the music and like their emotions it's really well done when he dies absolutely yeah and i mean it's funny when the weasel see the thing with the weasel that's so good joel Kinneman, like he's got some humor beats in him too because exactly. he's like it's not a werewolf you know he's a, he's a he's a good guy or something like that i mean he killed 27 children like that's fucking hilarious
1: no, you know? yeah, no. the 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 jokes were final all cylinders. Like like the violence was final all cylinders. Everything was really great in the very beginning, but after that, it just it 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 it, it
0: climaxed too early. Oh man, do I hate when that happens? You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's talk about what we like then.
1: Uh, I mean, I think I've already said it. Really, I. I mean, I think I. I really like the first like twenty to thirty minutes of this movie. I thought the performances that everybody gave were really good. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anybody in the movie that was like, oh, they weren't that good. Like, it was very well cast, um, and and everyone played their parts very well.
0: Yeah. Um, To me, what this movie feels like is – I say this in a lot of my videos I make. But when I was a kid, you know, they used to have movies on, like, Channel 11 or Channel 9 on, like, a Saturday or Sunday in the afternoon. And they'd be kind of like almost like B movies from like the 80s or 90s. And um, they had bad special effects. But they were these great kind of movies with like synth scores and stuff. And I feel like so many modern movies kind of try to emulate that. Because people like us grew up watching those movies. And to me, this movie felt like that. It felt it it kind of also reminded me of like um, Escape from New York. Like it kind of felt like uh, Idris Elba Bloodsport was like Snake Plissken. Yeah, You know, I, I that's the kind of vibe I got. And so it, it had it like um, all of John Carpenter's stuff, even his sci-fi stuff, still has a tinge of horror to it. And so yeah. that's what this had. It, it felt like a sort of like horror war slash action movie with DC superheroes. Yeah. You know, and so um, I think that's where it's really great. I think Idris Elba was fantastic. I just loved his look. Like so many characters, just their looks are fantastic. But like Bloodsport looked really cool. He did
1: look really cool. I mean, that's a that's a fairly deep cut to That character. I mean, um, you can. I definitely felt though that it's definitely a a Deadshot stand-in. Oh, a thousand percent. Because Will Smith couldn't do it. Yeah. Now, not to say that I I don't think probably Idris Elba probably would have did a better job as Deadshot or would work better. But really, even the story is very similar. You know. Deadshot, Deadshot is shown with his, his kids or his, his son, I think. I remember with this time it's Bloodsport and his daughter, you know, and that that's that's kind of his motivation in the movie. So yeah. it was like really the exact same character in a way, you know, um,
0: with, with just a different setting, you know. Yes, it it, it is. It's they just could switch him out easily. Yes, um, but I I do kind of think that uh, Idris Elba. His character was more compelling for me than Will Smith as uh, Floyd Lawton. In,
1: yeah, uh,
0: you know in I, I, I would definitely agree with that. There, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Margot Robbie before, and the thing is, is that like people say she's like uh, Hugh Jackman and as Wolverine or Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, or Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, and that's completely accurate. She is. That's her Harley. And it's a great take on the character. She, you know, she, we're guys, we can say it's like, she's a beautiful woman and she, but not even like a lusty, like, yeah. And like, she's just like beautiful to look at. And, yeah. and Harley when done right can be this great combination of just like uh, beautiful and then just fucking terrifying. Right. And, and I think that that she did that multiple times in this movie
1: yeah uh, absolutely she kind of you know uh, she acquired quite a, a body count in this movie
0: yes yes
1: um and also i, I kind of like that this um uh, while, while you don't need to see the first movie for this or you don't even need to see birds of prey before this but i kind of felt like there were some elements of the character from both of those movies i agree um, that i appreciated and you know seeing them can sort of enhance this, but it's not required. So it's kind of like honoring them in a way, and I appreciated that.
0: Yeah. Let's let's just do a little deep cut that, like, no one's going to be interested in, but maybe just me. But, like, um, with Image Comics from the 90s, right? You had all these guys that broke away from Marvel to make their own books, and you have, like, Spawn, and you have Youngblood, and you have Savage Dragon, all these different characters in their own kind of worlds that make sense. That's kind of what I feel like these DC movies are. I feel like They're not really cohesively together, but they still kind of can fit together. And it's really cool whenever you see an image book that'll have like spawn and young blood and all these characters in it together, even though it kind of doesn't make sense for them to all be there. And, um, I, I do kind of like this weird world that they've made. They, they've kind of killed off a few characters too many that I would like to still be alive in general. But, um, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I'd like to see them go forward with this universe. Uh yeah. I mean, it's still
1: it's it's a weird thing because there's there's more and more movies popping up that don't fit in, with it. Right. And um, you know, like you know, there's there's Joker, and you know, the the Batman will not have anything to do with this. I think there's right. another one too, uh, that I'm forgetting. Um, but. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it continue. I mean, there there's there's some good elements here and uh I mean, I don't think it's it's possible to reach the the, the status that Marvel has had with no. the amount of collaboration and, you know, all that, but I mean, it, I'm still excited to see see them try.
0: Yeah, there's there's some kind of thing that we have in us, maybe as humans, but definitely as like comic book fans where like when you see two things that aren't normally in the same movie or book or whatever, and then they come together. You're like, oh
1: my God, it's those two yeah. together. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And that, so, that, yep, I have
1: not gotten fatigued on that yet. you
0: know? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that if we ever had a movie that had like Margot Robbie and then like Shazam and like maybe, uh, what's his face, uh, Jason Mamoa as Aquaman, even though like I have problems with all those movies, just to see them all together in one kind of crossover would be real exciting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what I really need to see, I really need to see Harley and, and a live action Poison Ivy. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I need, I need Gotham City Sirens. I mean, I don't know what happened with that movie, but I, I think that's what I want to see the most in terms of that character collaboration.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think that's, so I think that the Batman movie that has um, Robert Pattinson is supposed to be like its own continuity yeah. And, I mean, obviously it is, right? Because Ben Affleck, right? But like, I think they're making it like that's Earth 2 and then this is like Earth 1. And maybe they will start to have crisis or crises and they can cross over. But I know that in that Robert Pattinson movie, they're, they're supposed to have like a rogues gallery of Batman villains. Like it would be cool to just kind of build up the rogues and have Poison Ivy be one of them. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Have they mentioned anything about her in that movie? I, I, I mean, I know Penguin's in it. I know Riddler's in it.
0: Catwoman.
1: yeah um but I I mean the, the the Gotham City Sirens movie was supposed to be um what was I think it was being developed even before Birds of Prey was but uh you know and it was supposed to have Catwoman Poison Ivy and Harley and I think uh now there's a the the Batgirl movie
0: yeah
1: and I I'm wondering if 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 that's going to kind of take that over as well I'm not yeah. really sure
0: is, is that supposed to be a movie it's not a show I thought it was a movie. Okay. You're probably right. wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I could very easily be wrong
0: there. <laughs> well, you know what? We're, we're talking about all these DC movies. Do you want to go into our ranking? Do it. Okay. And if anything, we can always come back for Suicide Squad if we have some more points. You know what you mean? But um, uh, let's go from our least favorite to our favorite. Sure. Okay. You, you want me to just go first? And- yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, okay. So my least favorite is the Suicide, suicide Squad, the David Ayer-directed one. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like it's not really a full movie. And, and you said before, it's like a chunk of it's been taken out. I feel like the life has been taken out of it, and I just couldn't get on board with it. Um, yeah,
1: I totally agree with that, that statement. And, uh, I mean, I, I would almost be more interested in uh, – I, I watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League before I watched Justice League. But because I watched, actually watched Suicide Squad, um, I, I almost would say I'm more interested in seeing the actual version of that movie than I would have been for Justice League,
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> it, that's the problem is that, like, the studio just interfered and just messed up so many of these movies. And if they just kind of kept them in their original form, I mean, it's, it's weird because Marvel was doing so well with these kind of quirky movies. And I think that that's why they, you know, pulled the plug on this uh, and they were like oh we can't go too dark and, and you you and I even kind of would talk and say like these movies are too dark or they don't really capture the characters the right way but I would almost rather have them not be the right way for the characters but at least have some kind of vision or just like one solid story versus yeah. this these hacked up movies so yeah. like my number two is the, another it's the, the prime example of that which is the Justice League movie the, the yep. Joss Whedon directed one.
1: Yeah. Uh, number
0: three is where you start to have a director's vision, but this is where it's like, you know, I don't like the director's vision. And it's Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, and yep. when I say three, it's third worst. And there's 10 of these. So this is essentially, that was number. Uh, wait, isn't it 11? What am I missing? I, like, well, how would you know if I'm like, okay, I'm going to read my list. You tell me if I missed something. That no, was, no, wait, wait,
1: wait, No, no, you're right. It's only 10.
0: Right, because the Snyder Cut doesn't count for this particular yeah. list we're making. So um, that's eight for me as uh, Dawn of Justice. Then seven is Wonder Woman 1984, which that's another one where it's got the director's vision, but it's just like too sloppy and the stuff with the wishing. I, I, yeah, yeah, that bothers me. It has a great beginning, but the rest of it's pretty rough. Yep, yeah. uh, Aquaman. I actually love James Wan. You want to guys want to check out my other channel, the, the Lacer cast, We are going to be doing a James Wanathon with his horror movies. Um, I I actually really like Aquaman and Patrick Wilson's one of my favorite uh, actors, but the movie's still pretty goofy in some ways. Uh, Shazam is my my sixth, no, my fifth one on the list. Uh, It's fun, but I feel like it it has some flaws. Birds of Prey, once again, it's it's good, but it has flaws. Marvel Roby's fantastic in it. I really like Huntress in it. Uh, I like even Owen McGregor in it. Uh, Then you have this movie, which we've talked about. Number two is Man of Steel. And I think Man of Steel is the closest to like a full movie, a good movie that tells a story, but what makes it – not higher on this list is what they ultimately do with Superman. I don't like the characterization of Superman, but I do like the story. And the beginning of Man of Steel, I think, is like perfect with the yeah. Krypton stuff. Last but not least, my number one is Wonder Woman. And that might just be based on the trench scene alone. And uh, yeah, But I think yeah. that Wonder Woman is the most comprehensive story and also captures the essence of the character. So, okay, that's uh, me and- talking a lot. I'm eagerly looking forward to your list.
1: Okay, so uh, my list starts off very similar to yours. The bottom bottom of the barrel is Suicide Squad, followed by Justice League, followed by Batman v Superman, <laughs> then Wonder Woman '84. Oh uh, shit! From there, from there, it's a little different. So then I have Birds of Prey. Then I actually then I actually have Wonder Woman. Now I loved Wonder Woman, but I ha- I really just hated the third act. I hated it. <laughs> I really just was like. This is two thirds of an amazing movie, and then is the last one just completely fell flat. Was a, a, a like just terrible CG. It's a completely unnecessary fight. I'm not, not unnecessary. It, it was just it really like took a downturn in, in the last twenty minutes to me. Okay. Uh, from there, I, and now I actually uh, I, I haven't quite finished this movie yet. I have twenty minutes left. I, I watched Aquaman today, okay. and I couldn't I couldn't quite finish it. But I had that next. I, I, I'm, it, it is goofy. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, Jason Momoa and Amber Heard are a little, like, wooden. But it's such a, like, a, I, I was really into the goofiness of it, honestly. <laughs> giant fucking seahorses and sharks and weird, weird, like, you know, creatures that would be in, like, Scott Snyder's The Wake.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. It's
1: a, it's, it's a big, this was the most blockbustery typical action movie, I think, out of all of these. And I yes. I appreciated that.
0: Yes. Uh, before, that- before you go on to the next one, just one little point. I'm sorry for talking. I'm so annoying. But um, I actually watched Aquaman on an airplane for my second viewing, and my headphones weren't plugged in, so I watched it without the sound, and it, it improved it tremendously. Like, not hearing the dialogue or, like, them talking, but, like, Jason Momoa is just physically charismatic as well. Yeah. So, like, if you don't have to hear them talking, I felt like that made the movie way better.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not quite as like it's not quite like Animan uh, Animan Anakin Padme, quite bad, but it's it's not great. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. But Patrick Wilson's really good. I mean, uh, it's just, uh, I mean, it, all the water scenes even look kind of weird and goofy. But something about like it's just a great, big dumb adventure. Like you know, yes. yeah, I really I'm really enjoying it. After that, I have Shazam. Okay. uh, Three. And then then I have uh, The Suicide Squad Squad at two and Man of Steel at number one. Oh! I still, I'm a huge fan of Man of Steel. I I totally see and agree with the the, the character choice uh, at the end, but I still love the movie. I really do.
0: Yeah. If, If only he had like a little bit more joy. If there was like him maybe like saving somebody just randomly in the he saves people right but like yeah. if we just had like a little bit more going towards oh, Christopher Christopher Reed. Reed. <laughs> yeah yeah because i was thinking to me maybe the most exciting superman thing i've ever seen where it like really feels that like the character is brandon ralph saving the airplane
1: oh uh, my yeah. god yes
0: yeah he's
1: it's the like best seen in that movie by yes. far
0: and, and the thing is like there's amazing superman stuff and especially man of steel but not necessarily with superman like the krypton stuff is really good but yeah. then that part when he like flies through the the wing that flies off the ship and he's just boom like that and yeah. the music kicks in that's like superman on steroids it's just boom yeah. perfect um so yeah that that's my list <laughs> um yeah i we are very similar just you know we we kind of defer with um Wonder Woman I guess and maybe Birds of Prey were a little off but otherwise I think No we're- I mean
1: I I really like Birds of Prey and I I have only watched it the the one time in the theater and um it's it uh the volume was really low so Okay I had to struggle to hear some some things and I, yeah. I I really should rewatch it again but I I did I did like the movie I I I went out I came out of the movie happy I remember that Like that was really good. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I mean,